Algar Productions. Despite the title, the following podcast is most decidedly not for kids. This is the Kids Love Static Shock Podcast with your hosts, Maggie Robotham and Ron Algar Watt. Episode 115, Junior, Replay, and Tantrum. Hi, pals. We're back to wrap up season one of Static. I'm yeah, Al. we did it. I'm Maggie. And yeah, already season one. It mm-hmm. feels like just uh, six weeks ago that we started this series. Yeah. <laughs> Funny that. Uh-huh. It's weird. It feels like I was at your house way sooner than that. Uh, that's true. Hanging it was, around. It was only, yeah. Just being in my booth. Touching your stuff. Mm-hmm. People are always touching my stuff when they come to my house. Mm-hmm. You gotta telling them the floor is lava and my possessions are lava. Just stay off the lava. <laughs> Why do you like lava so much? Just like I just, I just look at you and you've just got lava smeared on the outside of your mouth. Oh, I love it. What? Mm-hmm. What? Look, it was magma when I ate it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Don't judge me. It's a it's a brand thing, Maggie. Magma, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Hot Maggie, hot magma. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, uh, because I, I think I mentioned this before, we are doing three episodes because I like to uh, end the season sort of cleanly. Mm-hmm. I don't know that it applies with this show necessarily, but definitely when we get into Justice League, the end of a season will make a big difference. Yeah. Like, and I don't want to break up like a big story, you know, that, that goes across a season, you know, in an episode mm-hmm. or whatever. So, yeah. Like, it just makes more sense to do it this way. Also, they're very short. They are very short. We had to do three episodes. That was an hour. That's still half the work we put into our previous show. Mm-hmm. So, not a big deal. It's like, oh, right, these just fly by. It's like, how long have I been watching this? Oh, uh, Virgil just wrapped up the problem. Okay, cool. Yeah, I mean, the runtime says 20 minutes, but if you subtract the, like, two-minute credit sequence mm-hmm. and the one-minute end credit sequence, mm-hmm. it, then you're down to, like, 17 minutes. Yep. So, not a big deal. I just fast forward through the credit sequence at this point. I know what hey, 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 hey sounds like. Well, like I say, it's it's starting to wear me down. I didn't love it at first. Mm-hmm. I didn't hate it like you did, but I didn't I didn't loathe it. Well, but, Al, uh, you've got to get up. Yeah. And it's it's starting to wear like starting to wear me down. It's mm-hmm. not so bad. Uh, I imagine it's better than whatever the hell the Zeta Project's uh, theme song I is. I imagine that's a lot of like <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so, because Batman Beyond did that. Yeah, probably a lot more beep boops. Yep. It's just, uh, you know, score by R2-D2. Zeta has logged on to the 1990s internet. Oh, boy. Great. Mm-hmm. He, won't find, love. <laughs> he won't find love on there. Oh, heavens. That's not true. I did many <laughs> times. <sighs> All right. Well, uh, because we do this by alternating turns, I ended mm. up having to uh, summarize two episodes. I appreciate that. I had a very busy weekend. (laughs) I know you did. Hopefully this will happen to you next time, though, Mm -hmm. because, you know, hey, I don't like doing work. (laughs) But why don't we kick it off by me telling you what happened in Junior, which thankfully is not the problematic uh, comedy with Arnold Schwarzenegger. (laughs) Has nothing to do with that. Thank God. Yeah. Here we go. Our story opens with something Maggie and I have agreed is absolutely terrifying since our earliest days reviewing things together. A disappointed father. Mm-hmm. Yes, Mr. Hawkins is checking his watch and frowning with disapproval because young Virgil is late for some event he promised to be there for. Pure terror. And I'm not saying that ironically. Then the show displays a true mastery of the concept of escalation as one disappointed father becomes two disappointed fathers, except 
Oh, never mind. It's just Alva. You know, that 10th string Lex Luthor who, whose Jack Nicholson impression was voted worst six years in a row. And I don't just mean worst Nicholson impression. I mean just plain worst <laughs> out of everything in the world. And he was around in 2001 and some real bad stuff happened. <laughs> I don't know if you heard. <laughs> Side note, Tilo tried to make an argument that Christian Slater's was worse, but given that he was literally paid millions of dollars to do it, I put put it to you that Christian Slater is, in fact, the world's most successful Nicholson <laughs> Anyway, Alva has a kid. Who knew? More importantly, who cares? Certainly not Alva, who runs down the tired checklist of powerful dads who drive their kids to supervillainy so fast you'd think he had someplace better to be. And sure enough, Alva Jr., who's an absolute disgrace to the name AJ, and that's really saying something given that AJ Soprano exists, heads downstairs to evil labs to shove a bunch of evil into the individual bubbles of some bubble wrap. No, really. Also, he starts calling himself Omnifarious, a name that Virgil is correct to immediately start making fun of. This moody, entitled little jerk with daddy issues is more of a Kylofarious. So Kyle starts using his bubble wrap powers to wreck a bunch of his dad's stuff. Then he pops a bunch of bubbles at once in an attempt to give himself all the powers. You know, like that splicing guy in that Batman Beyond episode. It goes about as well for Kyle as it did for that guy, and after a brief stint as one of Disney's gargoyles, he then turns to stone. Like one of Disney's gargoyles. Meanwhile, Virgil still hasn't told his dad that he's static, which, let's just save a little time here, is my bad thing for this episode. Roll into it. Virgil, just tell your fucking dad already. Seriously. That's it. <laughs> I No, I get it. Like, it's... I was really hoping this episode was gonna was gonna have it happen, and it just doesn't. Well, and I, I, it does happen at some point in the series. I don't know when. Yeah, and I thought it was now. Yeah. Because the the DC Wiki occasionally has mild spoilers, not mm-hmm. enough where I feel like it's it's ruined anything for me. Yeah. But it's like, oh, okay, he will find out at some point. But it might be late in the series, mm-hmm. I don't know. I um go ahead. Uh, go ahead. Oh I appreciate like the sort of like how this episode goes down is that Virgil's dad is just like, No, I you've never done anything in your entire life to make me doubt you, you know? Like whatever well, you're doing, I trust you. That's how it plays out. He's he's starting to get mad and suspicious. Mm-hmm. And Virgil says, Look, dad. Trust me, I've never done, like, exactly what you said. Yeah. I've never done anything wrong. And his dad has to think about it and comes back and says, you know what? You're right. And Virgil actually starts to tell him. Yeah. And he says, you don't need to tell me because mm-hmm. I trust you, which is very sweet. And I mm-hmm. continue to very much like this character. Yeah. But just tell him. Just tell man. him, you know? Like, it's such yeah. a, ugh. Also, on that note, I also really like Sharon going like, no, he's, Virgil's great. Like. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, when he's not around, she'll defend the exactly. hell it's it's that brother sister thing. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Only, only when they're in the same room is she a jerk mm. to it. But like it was nice. To, <clears throat> we haven't seen that from her. I don't think at all yet. Yeah, and I really true. liked seeing it. You know. Now something that occurred to me. Yes. This is this is sort of. I I haven't read this anywhere. This is this is a theory of mine, mm. based on my limited understanding of persistent systemic racism. Mm-hmm. I think the fact that Virgil never does anything wrong and is completely trustworthy and is a very good kid is mm-hmm. because he's a black character. Because if you misstep even once, oh yeah, you'll have leagues of parents saying, "See, mm-hmm. yeah, this, this show about a thug." Ugh. So I think, like, I love that Virgil's such a good kid and mm-hmm. he's such a nerd and he's such a squeaky clean, like, good role model. Yeah. But also, I think that's because you know mm-hmm. because he is who he is, and that's a little unfortunate. Yeah. That said, though. I did like, you are not wrong. Like I did like that plot. Yeah. I like I wish it had paid off differently, but the the beats of it were good and I love their relationship and I love the dad getting mad and frustrated and mm. then being willing to step back and say, No, you know what? Yeah. 
I should trust my kid because he is 100% right. He's mm-hmm. never done anything particularly wrong. Yeah. And good. I'm glad. Mm. Good for you, Mr. Hawkins. Yeah. Nice work. Uh, what was your good thing? Uh, I really love this ending where a teenage boy is turned to stone. Mm-hmm. Like, this is as close to a Batman the Animated Series ending as this show is ever likely to get, I imagine. I don't know. Like, some Batman guys show up later, so we we got some hope yet. I suppose there's that, yes. But, like, to get back to, like, season one-ass Batman where, oh, like, yeah. oh, this person's uh, doomed for all of eternity or whatever... I mean, he's not because they show us a little like his eyes light up or some shit. Yeah, like, because okay, he's, he's fine. Yeah, because he's alive in there and can't escape. Right, but presumably he'll be coming back. Mm-hmm. You don't come up with a stupid name like Omnifarious and only use it once. Omnifarious is terrible. Oh man, the exchange between like that was almost my quote. Yep, the exchange between uh, him and Static, where he's like. Uh, um, you're nefarious? Is that what you're saying? That's what I thought he, that's what I thought his name was the first time he says yeah, it's it like. sounds like I'm nefarious. Uh, yeah, exactly. I'm nefarious. I'm like, yeah, you are. You're, uh, mm-hmm. you're a bad guy in a children's cartoon. Yeah. No, it was, and he's like, we don't, I, I go to public school. <laughs> we don't learn Latin. What are you talking about? The best part was he's like, he's like, I'm, I'm nefarious. I'm like, nefarious is a pretty good name. Yeah, it's not bad. I'm nefarious though. It's terrible. I mean, I get what he's going for. He's, like, got all the powers. Mm-hmm. But also, um, you you are going to have to explain that name to everyone you meet for the rest of your life. Yes, exactly. The rest of your short, soon-to-be-turned-to-stone life. Oh, he'll come back. Nah, he's dead. Okay. He's no, dead mean, in, think... hell of a, in, a hell, in a hell of his own making. Well, that's true. He's not dead. He's, he's in a living hell. That's mm-hmm. the thing. Yep. You're right about the rest of it, but he is alive, for sure. His dad just moves him down into the office and puts a hat on him. Mm-hmm. Hey, son, how do you feel about uh, pigeon shit? Well, guess what? <laughs> God, I continue to think Alva is just the laziest fucking character. He's so boring. He is a nothing character. Like, and they we keep... had Lex, and yep. then, well, we had a procession of evil billionaires on uh, Batman also. Mm-hmm. Like, Bruce was the only good one, and he was constantly facing off against guys with yeah. money who were shitty. But you had Lex, who was sort of obviously the, sits at the top of that pyramid. And then you had fucking Blight, who was also pretty great. Yeah. And then, then there's this asshole. Like it, he like he's not even trying to be an evil billionaire. Like he's just not interested. Well, he but he is. He's he's going through the motions because he's got he's got his own navy who have ray guns. They sure do. The good ship uh, Alva Enterprises, I believe it's called. Uh huh. The HMS Alva. Uh huh. <laughs> just. Uh... But the character design is lazy, and look, the character design on the show, for the most part, is not super great. It's not great, which is like, weird considering there's always a segment at the end to show us how the characters were designed. Well, I think that's like uh, a lot of the a lot of the designs that are okay come from the comics, mm. and I think they may be showing. I don't know this, but I think they may be showing like the actual comic book artist. Uh, oh, it. I don't know. Because I, I say this because uh, he actually directed this episode. Oh, this one this one was written by um, Dwayne McDuffie and directed by Dennis Cowan. Mm-hmm. So that's the team. That's yeah. the writer wow. artist who created these characters. Those so are the guys. Yeah, it's cool that that uh, Dwayne gets to write the uh, the script and mm-hmm. Dennis gets to direct the episode. Like, good job, guys. Yeah. That said, this was not one of the better episodes. Not not really. I when I see Dwayne McDuffie's name, is like, well, if nothing else, the dialogue will be good. Mm-hmm. There were some good lines, but overall. I was a little disappointed. Yeah. Did not want one of his better efforts. Nah. Um, 
My good thing. Yeah. So at the beginning, they had some throwaway, you know, because, like, he's got to fight a shocker or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he's fighting some snake guys. Yep. Like, dre- dressed like fucking greasers or something. They got, yep. like, leather jackets on. And then they cut to one close-up, and I didn't spot this at first because I was writing a note down. Mm-hmm. Amanda said, their hands are snakes. Yep. And I backed it up, and she was right. Not all of them. No. Like, there was a gang of them, but I think the leader yep. had snakes for hands in addition to being a snake himself. At least two of them had snakes for hands. Ooh, it was wonderful. So stupid. I love it. That's some fucking He-Man shit, man. Yes. Yes, it is. It absolutely. Is. It was like, uh, yes, I am snake or Probably snake or Slither. Mm-hmm. Mighty Re- Thor. <laughs> <laughs> Quiet boy, you want to get sued? <laughs> and and while Static is uh, fighting these guys, this is my quote. Uh, I picked this. No one else is going to think this is a good line. I picked this for me. Mm-hmm. This is a dumb thing my mom said all the time, mm-hmm. and so it made me specifically laugh. And it's this. How how did you know? If it were a snake, it would have bit you. And the context of that is like. Whenever I would lose something, mm-hmm. and I'd be looking around the room for it, and it was right in front of me the whole time, and she'd be like, if it was a snake, it would have bit you. That's just one of those mom things. Yep, yep, my dad used to say that. Oh, did Okay, I wasn't sure if other parents did, too, mm-hmm. but it was, it was something my mom said all the time. No, I've absolutely heard that before. Okay. It just, it made me laugh. Mm-hmm. But there were better lines. Like I said, uh, Virgil's reaction to Omnifarious was also very yep. good. <laughs> uh, it's what was a, bad thing? Uh, let's, what was my bad thing? Hang on. Uh, ba, 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 ba. Oh, yeah, so there's a bit on this where... Uh, uh, well, Virgil's on the phone with Richie. Yeah, exactly. And the call waiting beeps in. Yeah, and ugh, I can't believe I'm blanking on her, on his sister. Is it Sharon? Sharon, yeah. Sharon, yeah, okay. Where, like, Sharon's waiting for a phone call, and uh, 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 Virgil goes, yeah, she's get- waiting for a call from Reginald. Who the hell mm-hmm. is Reginald? I was hoping Stringer was coming back. I mean, that'd be good, and it'd be good to have a little continuity to say this is the dude she specifically said she would wait for yeah. while he went to prison. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, teenagers are pretty fickle. Look, it's a throwaway line or whatever. I'm Mostly, we just watched that episode, and I like yeah. that guy, and I'm like, hey. Yeah. No, and what I like also is this this whole family of kind people. Mm-hmm. I believe she meant it when she said she'd wait for him. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, it is, it's, you know, if you want to pretend there's continuity in the show, it's a little shitty that she, mm-hmm. but on the other hand, yep. maybe that's just a friend of hers from school and Virgil's doing the little brother thing. Mm-hmm. Ooh, it's Reginald. Shut up. We're doing math together. Well, Ooh, doing math. Well, Al, I, uh, I know what happens when uh, someone has just a friend. Oh, uh, well, that's true. Uh-huh. In fact, there's a whole song about there it. There is that you showed me. Yes. For the first time. That was very, I mean, uh-huh. some years ago now, but yes. Ah. Uh. Uh, and then he plays the piano in a wig. Yep. Ah, uh, rest in peace, Biz. Mm-hmm. Mourn you till I join you. Mm. Um, let's see what else. I did like, like, yeah, they did really phone in the Alva thing and the Alva's kid thing, but I did like the sort of parallel of it being about fathers and sons without mm-hmm. them just saying that. Like, yeah. Like. Mr. Hawkins was a little disappointed in Virgil before they worked things out. Mm-hmm. And fucking Alva was very disappointed in his son because he's a disappointment. Mm-hmm. It was just, you know, it was a nice bit of like like uh, mirroring the, the two uh, plots. Well, And I also really love Virgil going like, oh, Jesus. Okay, not everybody has like a, like a good dad who cares about them. Like, yeah, he tries to, he gets in the middle of it and he goes to, to Alva and he's like, look, 
it's your kid, man. Yeah, your you, kid's you, the one sinking your boats. Maybe you should do something about yeah, it. Something's got to be done about your kid, Alva. Yep. I don't believe you. Get out of my bedroom. <laughs> do you have a safe? Get a safe. <laughs> Make like a tree and get out of here. <laughs> uh, and uh, Alva's reaction is not to uh, sit his son down and have a fatherly chat, but to uh, have people shoot bazookas at him while he flies around with bat wings. Have his weird personal exosuit army, which... Mm-hmm. What the hell were those things? I don't know. They all looked they looked so much like something that I would see Cobra soldiers fly around in. Uh I I think the design does. I think they weren't drawn as well as the art on that they show. They absolutely were not, but they definitely had that like I don't know how this works, but I can definitely see that someone it's basic reason for designing it was how do we put an action figure into this? Yes, exactly. Well, I mean, a person couldn't sit comfortably in three dimensions in this thing if it existed in real life. But nope. an action figure would snap right in here. Yep. He'll bend his knees like he likes it. Bend at the knees. <laughs> Come on, please. <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, but they, they looked real weird. Like, I think it's... And I hate to keep harping on this. Mm-hmm. Because I hate to keep giving this show shit for not being as good as the other shows. But every time you'd get an incidental robot or exosuit or piece of technology in any of the other three shows we've done so far, mm-hmm. it usually looked pretty cool. Yeah. Regardless of if the story was any good, the mm-hmm. design was usually, oh, yeah, this sort of fits in this world and it looks like something we haven't quite seen before. And these are just garbage. Yeah. It's bad. It's a bad look. Yep. It's bad but, and you should feel bad. But, you know, Alva's. Not great. Like, if you're going to just throw all the bad stuff in Alva's, like, uh, backyard, that's fine. I just, I really like the idea of him just going, like, uh, sir, we need, uh, we need some, uh, battle tanks for your private army. Yeah, just, I don't know. Make him look like this. Let me, S- let me scribble something here on a cocktail napkin. Here S- you go. It gives him, like, the worst sketch ever. It's like, and if it doesn't look exactly like that, you're all fired. Yeah, that sounds about right. It's the, uh, it's the Homer car of, uh, <laughs> of, of supervillain tanks. He needs a cup holder. <laughs> For my big gulp. Mm-hmm. I like big gulps. Um, oh, uh, Static figures out he can use his powers to shoot an EMP, mm-hmm. which was legit cool. That ruled. Like, uh, EMPs are kind of like a staple of sort of sci-fi stories yep. these days, but 20 years ago, it was a, it was a thing we'd heard of. Mm-hmm. But honestly, the first time... In America, anyway, we heard about it a lot. It was right after 9 11, where it's like, there's this scary thing called an electromagnetic pulse. That yeah. If the terrorists had that, we'd be done. I definitely remember reading comics in like the late 90s, early 2000s that were like, oh no, he's got an EMP gl- blast. And then a little thing saying, electromagnetic pulse. Yeah. Like now Smile everyone knows Stan. what it is. Yep. Was Stan still doing those? In the Absolutely 90s? not. He was not. Oh, okay. I don't know. Maybe they kept him around to write captions. <laughs> They kept him around to write that one weird uh, Stanley writes comics for DC for 10 minutes, and they're all really bad. Right. Well, I'm waiting for the call for Stripperella. Uh-huh. Anytime now. Mm-hmm. I wrote a comic book where Batman was a wrestler. <laughs> Excelsior. Well, that's not that weird. <laughs> they're all basically wrestlers. What if he was a professional wrestler and his face was a bat face? All right. Well, then it's like that guy El Santos wrestled in that MST episode. Oh, shit, that's true, actually. Mm-hmm. All right, you're right. It's a good idea, actually. Well, I, I don't know about a good idea. <laughs> I, see where, I see where it came from. Good but idea. No, I like, Inventing I like, Batman. Uh, Virgil, like, he he starts 
sort of like standing there and like he's he's struggling and like mm-hmm. what is he doing? Is he running out of power? It's like oh no, he's figured out a new way to use his power. So that's yep. cool. I like that. Yep, he's generating. Good lord, Robotham. Yep. It's not even his he's, final form. He's generating an mpempem. <laughs> mpempem. <laughs> Which is how you say that. Uh huh. I'm going back to bed. <laughs> oh no, you don't. We got two more. Uh... <sighs> I almost said, "Oh no, you don't, Missy." Is that is that, is that appropriate? Can no, I... it's actually. If you say that, it would actually be extremely funny. Okay. Well, I mean, I've ruined it now, but I'll, uh-huh. I'll put that in the file for another time. No, oh no, you don't, Missy. Because I would have said, "Mister," is like, "Nope, don't misgender." Okay. Nope. Okay. All right. Shit. What's the replacement? What is the suitable substitute, Missy? Ma'am. <laughs> I will probably never call you, ma'am. <laughs> Sorry, Missy. I mean, mom. <laughs> That's it. That's the one. Mm-hmm. Um, I I only have one more thing, which is when um, Omnifarious turns into a um a purple thing with wings. I'm like, is he a dick bat? No, he's a he's a he's a flying purple people eater. Of course, of course he is. How many people did he eat? Uh, f- a fair amount, apparently. Hmm? Well, then uh, he's got a lot of time to digest while he's sitting there just mm-hmm. uh, frozen in in statue form. He's just thinking, I have to pee so badly. Oh my god, so badly do I have to pee. Yep. Just uh, just can't. My urethra is solid stone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had Good. that problem for a while. <laughs> Nicely done. Mm-hmm. All right, then why don't we move forward to replay? All right. So at the Dakota Mall, the uh, America's most robbed mall, a red-headed rascal takes time out from his busy schedule to relate to a snooty watch salesman that back in the 90s, he was in a very famous TV show. <laughs> Aren't you the red-headed rascal from Horsin' Around, says the snooty watch salesman before the red-headed rascal. His name is Johnny Morrow. I'm not keeping the BoJack thing up anymore. Uh, but you should watch BoJack Horseman. Steal it from Netflix, kids. It's fun and it's cheap. Mm-hmm. Uh, robs the place and also every other store in the mall by splitting into a bunch of dudes, multiple man style. And like the multiple man, this is extremely irritating. <laughs> Luckily, Static arrives to fly around and zap Johnny. Static chases Johnny into the abandoned kids circus behind the mall, and if that's not the setting for a Scooby-Doo episode, I don't know what is. During an altercation in the Hall of Mirrors, Static gets zapped or something, and one of Johnny's clones turns into Virgil and everyone runs away. So Johnny instantly uses the Virgil clone to commit crimes, and everyone turns on Static instantly, including Richie, Virgil's best friend. Richie, you are a terrible friend. If Al started committing crimes, I would give him the benefit of the doubt and believe him when he said a former television celebrity with duplication powers got zapped in a hall of mirrors and turned one of his said duplicates into a clone of Al. But that's just the kind of friend I am. Aw, thanks, Maggie. You're welcome. Anyway, Virgil goes on a rampage across Dakota, and the cops try and arrest the real Static. Static tracks Johnny to the studio that's canceled his studio, his show's new studio. I've never been clear on how to phrase this. Their new building, whatever, where Johnny and his dupes are wrecking the place because Johnny's kind of an idiot. Richie records some footage of the two Statics fighting because Richie trusts Static again for now, asshole. Which clears Static's name and also Johnny is arrested. Later, Richie tells Virgil that he always knew in his heart of hearts that Virgil was innocent, and Virgil laughs, claps his best friend in the world on the back, and never, ever forgets about this. He shouldn't. No, this is a, this is a horrible moment in That's the friendship. That's some horse shit, man. I mean, that was that was my bad thing. Yeah, of course. Just, I mean, I generally hate superhero stories where the hero does one bad thing and mm-hmm. everyone turns on them. But Richie was, a, a, you know, what those stories usually have is one person who still believes them. Yeah, of course. Like he goes this to his, have that. He goes to his house. He's like, I. He, 
You have known me my entire life. You know I am not eating. You help me with this, you asshole. And he's just like, I don't know. All the other bang babies turned evil. Maybe it's time for you to turn evil, evil person. Wow. They they didn't. Have you been listening to Kids Love Static Shock? One Apparently of the hosts not. Keeps talking about how a lot of them aren't bad guys, and that's kind of cool. Yeah. Ugh, listen to our show, Richie. Yeah. Jesus, Richie. Yeah. No, it's it sucks. You asshole. Yeah. Uh, so we had an interesting hey, it's that guy. Uh-huh. The, uh, uh Johnny Morrow is uh, Neil Patrick Harris. Yep. Uh, who this I think is... was in that sort of limbo period between Doogie Howser and his sort of resurgence. Yeah, this was, I think this is back when he was doing, uh, like, a lot of Broadway stuff. Yep. So, and... it was a good, a good pull because he, there were a couple of kind of meta lines where he's mm-hmm. like, yeah, I was, I was a famous uh, kid actor and now I'm out of work. And... Yeah. Well, yeah, it's cute. And, uh, like, you know, it's very much like a stunt casting. Like, well, we'll get an ex-TV, uh, uh, kid TV star to play the character. And, I mean, you know, I like Neil Patrick Harris. He does a good job. Yeah, and I like stunt casting when it's done well, and mm-hmm. these shows usually do it well. Yeah. He later goes on to be the music meister, and that's because he can sing. Right. Oh, can he really? Yeah. Hasn't come up before. Mm-hmm. <sighs> um, so... This is a this is another uncomfortable sort of uh, racial topic, but mm-hmm. one of his clones turns into Virgil. Yep, is that blackface? I don't know, and I think like part of it is the fact that he never talks again for the rest of the I episode. Don't. I like, know, I know. No, I just I I think I, I mostly I was just trying to find a way to make a risque joke that mm-hmm. I didn't think was was bad, but I don't know. <laughs> I think- also, he says, he says, like we say in the biz, you ain't seen nothing yet, which is a line mm. from the jazz singer with Al Jolson, uh-huh. a famous blackface oh, performer. Oh, boy, I didn't catch that one. Well, it's pretty, yeah, pretty yeah. obscure by this point. No, he's, the so this dude goes around, like, quoting movies and claiming that's how people talk in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's how it works, dude. Well, I, the thing I kind of like about uh, Johnny Morrow is that he doesn't seem to know what happens in Hollywood. No, because I think I think he lost his job when he was still a kid, so he's got a weird kid's impression of it all. Well, and also, like, they make it pretty clear that he is, like, an actor who works out of Dakota, so, like, how big an actor could he possibly be? That's like if the guy who used to host your old, the, like, the, the creepy movie... Uh, yeah, like Krusty the Clown. Exactly, if he's got real mad that he wasn't famous anymore, and famous was just like, yeah, you have more money than most of the kids at school, and also you got recognized at the mall sometimes. Well, Dakota's supposed to be, like, I, I think Brian said, like, Detroit or, mm. I don't know, maybe even Chicago, like, somewhere in the Midwest. Sure. But, yeah, there's no place big enough out there where movie stars live there. Movie stars live in Hollywood and occasionally New York. And, yes. And that's it. I mean, famously. Mm-hmm. You, could, you could point to a million examples where I'm technically wrong, but w- come on. On yeah. TV, that's where they- But actually, though. Yes. I, I I generally like the character though. I think mm-hmm. I think he was fun. He he was real out of touch. I will say though, this was just a retread of Baby Doll, and it wasn't as good. Down it, down to the going into the the funhouse mirror yep. thing. Which, oh, for fuck's sake! Yeah, it oh, absolutely yeah. is. And like, guys, you you that was one of the best episodes of that show. Like, you yeah, can't. it really was. Yep. I did like at the very beginning where he's telling his story to. The the watch maitre d uh-huh whatever he was the jewelry store concierge mm-hmm. uh, uh amanda just said uh, sir this is a wendy's 
and she is absolutely correct. That is that is like the quintessential sir. This is a Wendy. Uh huh. He's doing his whole monologue about his his uh, career, and this guy doesn't care. He wants yeah. to sell you a a watch that connect to the internet in two thousand one, which is amazing. That uh, that would do what? Nothing. I, you could probably send an email with it. Yeah, that makes sense. Probably no no uh, web browsing yet. I don't know. I had a Palm Pilot couple years after yeah i guess that's true i don't know like this is what 2002 2001 2001 yeah they they were starting to happen but that was real cutting edge yeah like you need to like plug it in or something no they it's uh i don't remember now. the the problem is my uh my uh my memory is very sketchy of that time period and also we famously had terrible internet longer than anyone else in the world See, uh, this was this was a period when I had a grown up job and I, I got myself out of the debt that I got mm-hmm. in, in my early 20s. So I had a lot of money to blow at this time. So I had a bunch of this dumb shit. Oh, nice. Uh, and I also had a hundred dollar a week comic book habit. Yeah, I had that, too. <laughs> uh, except you were working at Wendy's. Uh huh. Yeah. Where people would come and tell you about their uh, TV careers. Yeah. No one ever got to actually tell me anything because they kept me in the back because they knew I was bad yeah. around people. Yeah, well. Work the grill, just, Maggie, they would say. You just get so mad about potatoes. I would. See last week's episode, Smile and Stan. <laughs> you want me to get into it again? Because no, I can. No, 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 no. no, no. He us, just loved potatoes so much. For us, we only recorded this yesterday. So. But for me, it was a Tuesday. For for uh, It's a rare treat for you guys to, to see us remember what happened in a previous episode. Yeah. But it's only because we recorded this, that one yesterday. Uh. Um. My good thing is uh, I, there were some particularly good one-liners in this one. Like, Oh, yeah. I, I laughed out loud, and, you know, by laugh out loud, I mean, <laughs> but, you know, I, I, like a dozen times? Yeah. Like, just a, just a lot of cute lines. And mm-hmm. um, when uh, uh, when the dude shows off his duplicating power, Static just looks at him and says, oh, great, a whole room full of has That was so fucking, that was almost my quote. <laughs> that was very, very was good. Just, just <laughs> great. Yep. Thanks for that. Uh, there's a bit where um, uh, Static picks up his uh, whatever Richie calls his stupid walkie-talkies. Like, mm-hmm. great inventions, bad names. His Tox Vox Talk. Right, that's the thing. His, 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 his yeah. Mattel Talk Boy. Fox on Box. Uh-huh. Uh, he, and uh, Virgil goes, Rich? And uh, 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 Johnny goes, oh, no, not Rich. Not yet. <sighs> I thought that was some good wordplay. very good. Yeah. Uh... What was what was your quote? Speaking of the oh yeah, yeah, this is another one of those one-liners. I like this one. This is later in the episode. This is where they tape Finkelstein's monster. I like that show. What is your problem? Yep, very good. I don't know what Finkelstein's monster is, but they're trashing the set and. Uh, uh, yeah, I know, but is it like a knockoff of Frankenstein? I assume it must be. Or in this universe, is that Frankenstein? Apparently, it's like apparently it's like a te- a regular television show about Finkelstein's monster. Huh. Not to be confused with Finkelstein, the doctor. Or Funkenstein. Mm-hmm. Wait, no. What was it? Frightenstein. It was, it was Frightenstein. It was the hilarious house of Frightenstein. I take issue with uh, with that with that title, but, uh, you know, that happened it, some time ago. Now. Is it because it wasn't a house, it was a castle? Yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. You've nailed it. Yep. Uh, well, I'm, very, I'm very intuitive, Al. <laughs> I was worried that they were going to be doing a Ben Riley story, mm-hmm. which I hate, but they didn't, and honestly, it was a little lamer than that, which is... Uh, I don't know. Kind mm-hmm. of your bad thing? Like, yeah, just the whole idea uh, of this guy. I, j- <sighs> what? Why does he make an evil static? Mm-hmm. And at the end of the episode, where does the evil static go? Like, <laughs> well, I think, I think 
he's one of the duplicates. He just took Static's form, and that I don't know. Yeah, like, but, like, they're real vague about it. Like, I thought I'd miss something, but also I don't think you caught it either. It just no. sort of happens. But I think those guys don't have free will, except the first one that speaks sounds like he had free will. He's like, no, no, don't make me disappear. It, it's it's weird because it's like, it's like they it feels like they do have free will until, like, one of them gets turned into static. And then he shuts up and just fe- it's like it's like he's turned into Virgil, but he can't do anything about it and he can't talk. So he's just annoyed by the fact that he has to commit crimes. Yeah. It's weird, and it doesn't make any sense, and no one spends any time talking about this evil this evil static that's running around. No, because they wanted to do a story where he was mistrusted, and I, I get that. Yeah. That's a standard superhero thing, but also, again, they didn't do anything new with it, and they did something kind of annoying with it. Yeah, like, it's not good, and also, like, you're not clear on the rules here, guys, and that's all I think about. I think about internal logic. Like, I don't care if it makes sense in the real world. Mm-hmm. As we've said many times, the Bang Babies all turn into cartoon characters. They do. Cartoon characters follow rules. Yeah, like... Like, Chuck Jones famously put out, like, uh, rules of exactly how the Coyote and the Roadrunner work. Yep. Precise, down-to-the-frame rules. So don't tell me cartoon characters don't, like... Don't have some kind of a, Although, you know, a structure. I did read an interview with someone who who worked on the Roadrunner cartoons and went, oh, did Chuck say that? I've never seen that before in my life. I Well, okay. <laughs> Uh, I mean, that just might have been his guide to the to the script. That's entirely possible. Yeah. Uh, what else? Uh, so my good thing leading off. Of oh that, yes. yes. So yes, yes. I really like this effect. Uh, so when uh Johnny takes uh stat the evil Static's mask off, mm-hmm. like there's just static behind it, like where the mask is. Yeah, like actual TV static. It's a really cool effect. I have no idea why it's like that. Like I think it's because. He took the mask off to find out who Static really is. Yeah. Uh, the the duplicate doesn't have that information, so it can't put a face there. Yeah, I'm just a memory, uh, Johnny. I can't give you any new information. Yeah, exactly. But, like, the fact that, like, it's just, like, yeah. TV snow behind it is very cool to me. Yeah. I agree. All right, what else? Uh, let's see. Uh, we had another appearance. This is this is another deep cut, probably just for me. But we had another appearance by voice actor Greg Berger, who mm-hmm. did the voice of Cornfed on Duckman, doing his Cornfed voice. Oh yeah! It's like, hey, put that down, or just something like that. Yeah. It's like, oh, hey, it's Cornfed. I love Cornfed. <laughs> How's it going, Duckman? How's it going, Duckman? Yeah, but he had one line. Mm-hmm. Oh, at one point, uh, Static is fleeing the angry mob, and they are throwing tomatoes and eggs at him. That yep. is the kind of stupid bullshit I am definitely here. Oh, for. absolutely, that is. I absolutely had the line. Where did they get these eggs from? Yep. Why do they always bring eggs to these things? It started with tomatoes, and then it was also eggs. Uh-huh. There's also a great uh, My Baby part in that. Oh, there sure is. Shout out to Devlin. Yep. They didn't get Tress McNeil, though, strangely enough. That is weird, considering, like, that's her entire deal. Yeah, I would think. Mm-hmm. We, have, we need to have someone yell, My Baby. Mm-hmm. Where's I'm Tress? <laughs> this, is, this is what I was born for. Mm-hmm. The Tress this signal has been witches. lit up in the air. Mm-hmm. It's a silhouette of a baby. Yep. Well, sometimes she plays a witch. Mm-hmm. That's it. A witch, a baby, Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a witch, a baby, flag on the moon. How did it get there? A mouse, a cup. Mm-hmm. Con, min. <laughs> wow. Uh-huh. Just bringing it all in. Absolutely. All right. Anything else about this one? Yeah, They uh, Virgil shows up at dinner with the family, and someone's put a cloche over his meal. <laughs> 
Oh, I didn't see that. It's just like a uh, like like a silver serving tray. Like voila, Monsieur oh, wow. Monsieur's lighted dinner. <laughs> Monsieur's macaroni and cheese. I am the uh, how you say watch salesman from earlier in the episode. <laughs> <sighs> 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 Uh, all right. Anything else? Uh, that's everything I got. Oh, uh, one more thing. Yes. Uh, Virgil gets knocked into a hat store at mm-hmm. the mall, uh, and he he emerges from the pile of hats like you do, mm-hmm. uh, wearing a big, a giant uh, purple pimp hat. Yep. Much like I, it wasn't purple, but much like the hat that Rio swore in uh, season one of Picard that we were so delighted by. Yep, absolutely. And also, he goes, "This isn't even my style," and I go, "I love you, Virgil." <laughs> yeah, Virgil is great. Yep. Okay, down now to the season finale, Tantrum. Uh-huh. The Hawkins family is watching old videotapes of their dead mom to gather footage for a memorial thing for a woman who's been dead since well before the series began. Is this a thing people do? Because I've always felt bad that we never really did anything for our dead friend Pat, and now it's been like two years and I still feel real uncomfortable about that. Maybe you could just do this stuff anytime you want, or... Maybe I should take my social cues from a should not take my social cues from a twenty year old cartoon. Sorry, I'll take my grieving process off the air now. Oh, buddy. A- anyway, this leads to a framing device where Virgil is talking to his mom's grave, which is legitimately sweet, but also he had no problem telling her that he's static. <laughs> the device in question frames the story of Static fighting this week's Bang Baby, some kind of off-brand Hulk. I mean, he's purple and he has Guy Gardner hair, but also he travels around via Mighty Leaps and talks like he's the missing fourth member of Tonto Tarzan and Frankenstein's band. This is obviously a Hulk that your poor, confused grandma picked up for you at the dollar store. You can't tell her it's the wrong one because you don't want to look like an ungrateful jerk, but trust me, once her station wagon pulls away, this guy is settling into the new permanent home at the extreme bottom of the toy box. (laughs) Faux Hulk wrecks up some seemingly unconnected targets, the amusement park that Virgil and his friends are visiting on a field trip. Man, we never went anywhere this cool on our field trips. A teacher's car, and finally the Hawkins' home. Seriously, the only thing any of these places have in common is that they contain people who angered a kid in Virgil's class named Thomas Kim. Also, they find Thomas Kim's school assignment at one of the, assi- uh, one of the scenes. Also, intellectually distinct hulking man basically just says, Me, Thomas Kim, that's who me am! Virgil and Richie eventually worked out, and it must be none other than the heat miser guy! <laughs> Wait, no, it's Thomas Kim. And Virgil picks up a valuable lesson from those tapes of his mom when he just lets the big guy cry himself to sleep. Later, we find out that Thomas's extremely strict parents have accepted their kid's condition with compassion and empathy and are now seeking the finest treatment for him. And somehow this is the hardest thing I have been asked to accept in this show about an electric boy fighting various hot dog men. <sighs> There's no way his parents were like, oh, honey. That's one of the things that, like, this is my bad thing, basically. Okay. Like... We'd never get into any of that. Like you say in your in your uh, in your summary, Tantrum's just a boring Hulk. You know, yeah, he is. Like if this episode had spent more time getting into his school and parental pressure, like I think it could really work. Like there's all there, there's always those kids in cartoons that are like my my parents just like a ninety nine is not good enough. I have to. Yeah, he like, got a ninety nine on a on a test, and his dad yelled at him. It's like my dad is going to kill me because this is a ninety nine. And later on, his dad's like, "Well, you only did ninety nine percent of the work. Yep, you absolute failure." Yep. Having that kid who like has that high pressure and like has to let it off by turning into the Hulk, like that's good stuff. But they don't spend well, any time on that. I mean, they have eighteen minutes to tell a story about Virgil coming to terms with his dead mom mm-hmm. and also fighting a supervillain. I think they just didn't have room for it. I, that is true. It's just that those two plots could make two separate, very good episodes. I I agree with you. 
Um, so uh, he is an Asian kid, and I think I I can't, ooh, this is another one. I don't know how to talk about this. Mm-hmm. I want to. I think it's important to talk about these things. I just don't want to do it wrong. I think if a white person was writing this, it might be a stereotype. Mm-hmm. This show, maybe not. Like, I think they're trying to talk about something that tends to happen. Sure. Like, you hear a lot of, like, uh, uh, Asian performers, comedians, you know, people who talk about stuff. Like oh, yeah. This. Like, talk about their parents who put a lot of pressure on them. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's a thing. It's no, a I've, definitely, thing, I've definitely seen that. Yeah. Um, and I don't think it's a stereotype here, but because the character's drawn so half-assedly, mm-hmm. it might be a little bit. I don't know. Uh, however, the kid was uh, voiced by none other than John Cho, a.k.a. Oh. Harold from Harold and Kumar, a.k.a. Hikaru Sulu. Mm-hmm. So, very cool. Yep, love that guy. This would have been yeah. real early in his career, too. Like, Yeah. I mean, we're talking eight years before Star Trek, and those they, those guys were all tiny babies in that Yeah, movie. like, he, was, he would have been, like, they hired, like, an actual teenager or something for this. Yeah. I don't know. It was, like, maybe three years before Harold and Kumar, and yeah. uh, they were pretty young in that, I guess. They were, yeah. Like, they were definitely, like, play, well, playing college age. I'm never sure how that works in movies. Yeah, me neither. Um, But, yeah, they, you're right. They could have done more with the character. But yeah. on the other hand, I really did, and this is my good thing, mm-hmm. I really liked the Virgil thing. I really liked Oh, yeah. We've talked about his dead mom in passing, but mm-hmm. he's dealing with it now. He's like, because he's been in denial. He's yeah. been like uh, compartmentalizing all of this. Mm-hmm. And his family's watching footage of her, and he walks in and sees it and says, Nope. Yep. He can't deal with it. He's because he hasn't confronted it yet. And yeah. it's cool that he does that. And, and you know, it's a little, it's a little tidy to say, Oh, something he watched his mom do with him mm-hmm. worked for the supervillain this week. I'm usually not a fan of that coincidental kind of plotting, but in this particular case, I kind of liked it. Yeah, it yeah, it works in this one, you know, because he's she's watching baby Virgil just screaming his mm-hmm. fool head off, and she's like, and and Sharon's like, why don't you punish him? Yeah, I love that fucking baby Sharon going, punish him. Yeah, and mom's just like, no, wait, wait, and eventually he calms down because mm-hmm. some kids just need to fucking get it out of their system. Yep, and uh, I li- I like that, and I like him using that on uh, on. Was his name Tantrum? Was I the... think that was implied, but they don't make it very clear. Well, because of the way he talks, I doubt he ever said his own name. Yeah. Because he's got that real Hulk speak thing going on. I, like, but I anyway. can absolutely see them doing, like, the Virgil thing where he's like, ah, oh, I'll call this guy Tantrum. Mm-hmm. That's... Look, I'm a comic book nerd. Everybody's got to have a dumb name, mm-hmm. okay? And it ain't going to be Omnifarious, that's yep. for sure. Omnifarious smash homework. Mm-hmm. Omnifarious can't say name. Mm-hmm. There... There is an interesting germ of an idea there, like the fact that he is the smartest kid in the class, yeah. and the fact that he then turns into someone so dumb he can't mm. say more than one syllable. Oh yeah, like I kind of like. I mean, I mean, they play with that with Bruce Banner as well. That's oh not yeah, new, like, but it's still still interesting. Mm. It is interesting. <laughs> Kick but it. But anyway, anyway, I did like I did like that plot. Yeah, and I liked. Um, like I continue to like this family, mm-hmm. and I like Virgil's dad once again. Yep being sort of the moral core of the show and Mm -hmm. and say, look, and uh, the heart of it and saying, look, you haven't dealt with this yet. I'm not going to tell you to do it, but at some point you need to do it. Yeah. And it's nice. I I also, I'm glad that you also were confused by the, uh, just having a memorial service for her. Like, yeah, she's been dead. The DC wiki said five years. Yeah. So like, I assume this is thing you do. I have never heard of this, but uh, like, do it when they, like when you have their funeral or wake or whatever. Yeah. Not, 
years later. The five-year anniversary of it or whatever. Like, I guess I can understand that, but I don't get... Like, it's definitely not a thing I've ever heard of, you know? Me neither, but there's so much in the world that you and I haven't heard of. That's for darn sure. You know. Mm -hmm. Um... But yeah, his dad his dad does this great thing where he wants him to he wants Virgil to give a speech at this thing. Yeah. Um and he comes out uh they're on the rooftop. Mm. He comes out and he says, "Look, you're going to deal with this in your own time. You're going to do whatever." And it's like, "Oh good, he's not going to pressure him to do it." Mm. And then at the end he's like, "But I would like you to do that speech if <clears throat> you can." Yeah. And it's like so basically what he did was what a what a bad dad would do is come out mm-hmm. and yell at him and tell him he's going to do that thing. He mm-hmm. still delivered that message, but he did it in such a like compassionate way. Yep. No, I just really like that. Yep. I just uh, I, I would like it if you did the speech. Yeah. Like I'll be disappointed if you don't. Oh shit. Mm. <laughs> okay, I know what that means. Also, there's a the part where Sharon's like, and it's going to be. You only got ten minutes, so don't go off too long. And all I can think is ten minutes. Jesus, that's an eternity. That's insane. Are you crazy? Yeah. That is so long. Like, I write pretty regularly for this show, and it's still a lot. Yeah. You can only cram so many jokes about popular culture into into one speech. Probably not appropriate for your mom's memorial. One or two at best. Yeah. And then you got to read the room like, okay, who's going to be there? What what jokes are going to land? Because they're probably not going to get my plant man stuff. Mm -hmm. That's the other thing, too, is I deal with grief in a very different way than a lot of people, and so you're going to get a lot of, of dead mom jokes, and not a lot of yes. people are going to appreciate them. Yeah. No, I get it. Um, Let's see what else. Uh, There's a great thing at the beginning where mm-hmm. we meet um Daisy's mom. Yep. At the field trip, and she is a full-on embarrassing mom. Uh huh. Great design oh, on her too, by the way. That that Virgil kid is cute. You're mm-hmm. right, mom. Mom, he's standing right there. Virgil's like, I am cute. <laughs> I'm gonna go over to the Hall of Mirrors. Mm-hmm. Now they're gonna go over to the room where you throw pies at each other, mm-hmm. which is not a thing I have ever heard of in amusement park, and also sounds incredible. I love it. Like, I want it. What a great idea. I've had a pie thrown at me exactly once by you on yeah. stage, and it was it was amazing. By and request, everyone have that experience. I believe. Mm-hmm. Oh no, I wanted it very much. So. Oh I, yeah. Look, I've said this many times. I want to do. I want to run down the old comedy checklist. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, Tilo was talking about. Um, she was reading some life hacker thing about how how to repurpose banana peels, and mm-hmm. said banana peels are for dropping on the ground and then someone slipping. Yep. And she just looked at me. I was like, No, that's that's what they're for. Uh huh. Just like if you lose all your clothes, you got to put a barrel on. Did I ever tell you I was walking home from the bus stop one time, right? Mm-hmm. The bus stop right by my house. It's a five-minute walk. So I get mm-hmm. off, and a guy gets off next to me, and he's cutting through the parking lot, and I'm going the long way around. And he does, like, a huge slip. And mm-hmm. I run over to, like, make sure he's okay. Mm-hmm. And I help him up. I'm like, what happened? He's like, I don't believe this. I slipped on a banana peel. Oh, my God. And I, I looked, laugh at that, but, oh. And I looked, and, like, the guy was fine. Yeah. But, like, I looked, and sure enough, there's just a smooshed banana peel on the ground. Oh and I go God. to him, I didn't know you could do that. And he goes, I didn't either. <laughs> what do you mean you didn't know? <laughs> I did culture somehow failed you? I didn't know that was a thing. Yes, of course it's a thing. Well, like, I knew it was a thing. I didn't know it was a thing that happened in real life. Oh, well, yeah, it does. The, the bottom part, like, not the yellow part, but the inside, mm-hmm. if that's face down, it's super slippery. Wow. Yeah. Anyway, I want to do all those things. Uh-huh. So I would love to go to Pie Fight uh, Amusement Park. Mm-hmm. It's like those. Uh, it's like those places where you can rent a room to like trash. Uh, yeah. 
TVs or whatever, but you can rent a room and just you throw pies at each other. That's incredible. Yeah. Uh, This was actually from the previous episode. Um, A line that I really liked was um, they were talking about an amusement park being shut down. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's like a big part of their childhood. And uh, Daisy gives this sort of like, like, oh, you guys must be really sad about this uh, this this important cornerstone of you know the, the formative thing, and Richie and Virgil take a perfect beat mm-hmm. and then start laughing. Yep, <laughs> our childhoods, uh, whatever. It was very good. I I I, I love those guys. I like Virgil. I still think I Richie's an asshole. I I think it's, you are not wrong, especially after mm-hmm. the last one. But yeah. um, they do have they do have good chemistry. They absolutely do. But also Richie and Daisy have good chemistry. They could mm-hmm. ditch Rich or uh, uh, Virgil and Daisy rather have good chemistry. They could just ditch Richie entirely. Mm-hmm. Uh, which kind of brings me to my quote. Actually, yes. she does not care for him. Mm-hmm. And this was a legit good line where uh, he says something real corny and she says this. Yep. I'm just glad they didn't shut down the lava land ride. Oh, look, yes, some of the lava spewed on my shirt. It's nacho cheese, Richie. Yeah. <laughs> Different eruption. That's your friend. And that really made me laugh. This is your friend, not mine. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, hey, good. Daisy, you want to hang out with Richie sometime? No. no. Plus, she gets stuck with him a lot because Virgil has to disappear and be static. Mm-hmm. Oh. She's probably real tired of that. Great. I get to hear about Plant Man some more. Mm-hmm. No, see, the thing Denny Miller did, he's a genius. You see, okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, listen. We, we know. Mm-hmm. Okay, what else? Uh, let's see. Oh, uh, so my good thing. Yes. Virgil stops a train in this one. I yeah, love. He does. I love seeing a superhero stop a train. It is the most superhero thing you can do. We've brought this up, I think, on every series now, yep. because at some point, your superhero has to be tested with the standard, a, a train has mm-hmm. run away, can he stop it? And turns out, yeah, he can. Yep, this involves uh, magnetizing a bunch of uh, uh, excess steel uh, tracks and basically sort of leading it off. It, they trash a lot of stuff. Yeah, but he, he builds a new track for the thing, mm-hmm. which is different than the way Superman did it and yep. different than the way either Batman did it. Mm-hmm. So it was like, job, yeah, well, you know, look, Static's great, but he, he doesn't have, like, he can't super strength any, like, stuff. Well, no, so but he, but he figured out, like, in the previous episode mm-hmm. about the EMP, and yep. now he figured out, and he actually explains this. Mm-hmm. He says magnetic induction, and he explains, like, when you magnetize one, all the other ones that are touching it get magnetized, so mm-hmm. I can just move them. And it's like, okay, you guys get your check in the box for being educational. Uh, yep educational uh, uh, entertainment, mm-hmm. but also smart thinking science yeah. nerd. Like, I like that this science nerd keeps thinking of ways of like, oh yeah, electricity does this, yeah. doesn't it? I could totally do this. Yeah, it's good stuff. Yep. I like, uh, I've only ever done it with paper clips before, but the uh, concept's the same. Mm-hmm. Ah, little nerd. Mm-hmm. I love I like it. like that little nerd. I want to, like, ruffle his hair. Yep. Good job, little nerd. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else? Anything else? Let's see here. Uh, oh, uh, your bad thing. Oh, right. So after the train, uh, the train robbery, Mm -hmm. no, the train rescue, uh, he, he, uh, pulls a woman out of it and she says, whoever you are, your mom must be so proud. And I know they did that to set up the mom thing, Mm -hmm. but what do you mean? Whoever you are, he's static. He's been in, come on. It's like, lady, don't you know who static is? I don't watch television. Okay, but he's in the newspaper. Uh, all the cops and firemen know who he is. Mm. Do you do you just not know there's 50 people with powers in this town and only one of them is good? <laughs> What's happening? Powers? What? Weird. Huh. I mean, look, I, I am 
famously ignorant of of the world outside mm-hmm. my house, but I think I would know if there was a super. I did know when there was a superhero running around. Oh His yeah, name was Phoenix Jones. Oh yeah. Hmm. Uh. All right. Anything else? Um, I think that's everything. I. Oh yeah. Uh, this is the second episode in a row where uh, Virgil's door gets blown up. <laughs> yeah. I, I imagine they have a, a contractor on standby. I would hope so. Like, yep. Sorry, guys. Uh, it's gonna be a real. Uh, it's gonna be your birthday is gonna be a little scarce this week because I had to buy fifteen doors. Mm-hmm. And thankfully, I could buy them in bulk. Yeah, seriously. Mm-hmm. At the door store. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the concierge there was very nice. <laughs> oh, would you like a door? <laughs> you would like to purchase that door? I would give you a great discount as long as I don't have to listen to your fucking life story. <laughs> Uh, you want to see some pictures of my kids? Absolutely not. No discount. Get out of my door, star. <laughs> you pay full price. Mm. Uh, now I am matches Malone. <laughs> you want knob? Yes, please. No door for you. <laughs> oh, no, it's the soup French resistance. <laughs> okay, anything else? That's everything I got. All right. Well, that's it for the first season of Static. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second season begins next week. Yep. Our friend uh, Jason should be joining us for that. Excellent. And one of the episodes is called The Big Leagues, which I think might be when we start tying into the to DC enemy mm-hmm. universe. I might be wrong, but I think anything that has League in the title probably involves yeah. the Justice League. So it, it also it makes a lot of sense heading into the second season that they're finally like, yeah, we'll make this a DC show. Oh, it's it's the same production team and mm-hmm. uh, and uh, what is it? Uh, was it Milestone? Uh yeah, it's Milestone. Yeah, is owned by DC, so yeah. why not? So yeah, yeah. So look forward to that. Mm-hmm. Um, our website is ever kidslovebatman dot com. You mm-hmm. want to write to us, kidslovebatmanpodcast at gmail. We are on Twitter at Algar at uh, Maggie Robots, and that's all for this time. Yeah, see you, folks. Twala bang babies. For more information about this show and the people who make it, visit kidslovebatman.com. To provide financial support for this show and all of the shows produced by Algar Productions, consider a pledge at patreon.com slash Algar. That's double A-L-G-A-R. The Kids Love Batman podcast is a co-production of Maggie Robotham and Ron Algar Watt. Copyright 2022, Algar Productions. Please don't sue us. We're just doing this for fun. 